Greetings, friends. Welcome to the Pin Tool Podcast. My name is Al Wayman, owner of Creek Road Pottery in Laceyville, Pennsylvania, next to the cold Tuscarora Creek. Pull up your chair around the wheels. We discuss topics concerning the art and craft of pottery, good books, storytelling, marketing, and creating work that matters for folks who care. Greetings, friends. Welcome to another episode of the Pin Tool Podcast. And I'm sitting here next to the cold Tuscarora Creek. The creek has been up because we've gotten some pretty heavy rains. The grass is green. The lawn lady came and did a wonderful job mowing my lawn. So it's always nice to be able to pay somebody to do that and to come home after working or to look out after making pots and see the lawn mowed. And uh, if you can afford to do that, um, go ahead. Many years I could not afford to do that. But between my job at the paper factory making the pots, her coming up here and mowing the lawn actually saves me time. Because I cannot imagine wasting an hour or two driving around in circles in my lawn, right? So I'd rather just pay somebody to do that. Helps them out. Helps me out. And it's a win-win. Plus, uh, she's a good neighbor. And she's helped me uh, with the shows and a few other things. And uh, so I'm really thankful to have somebody that's dependable and can show up and mow my lawn. And I don't have to worry about it one little bit. Also, uh, I ended up being able to publish three journals. Uh, One is being verified right now on Amazon. And these journals, one is a My Pottery Projects. Uh, It's a project journal. It has 150 pages, I believe, in it of project sheets. And you can sketch in there and you can check off certain elements and forms and also record when you fired it and things like that. So it can also be used as a work order for um, custom orders. So there's quite a few of them. I got it bound. It's a, it's a nice glossy soft cover book. Also, uh, I did My Pottery Journal, which has a mission statement on the inside that you can write out space for uh, guiding principles and core values and also a one-year five-year and ten-year plan in the front and then it has uh, my pottery journal section where you write in uh, your journal it doesn't have to be every day Uh, you can write in the date so if you're not a person who journals all the time maybe once or twice a month or once or twice a week or you could do it every day Uh, it's up to you Um, it makes it nice to keep track of things all in one place then uh, i just finished uploading and approving my pottery firings and this is a book that contains worksheets bound together uh, in a nice glossy cover kiln firings and also regular firings. So the reason why I put the title 
of that journal, My Pottery Firings, is because it's not only for kiln firings, uh, it's for alternative firings too. And I left the space for things like damper settings and also combustibles that you used if you do Raku, gas valve settings. And also you, like a normal kiln lock, you can track the temperature over time and other things in there. So hopefully one or two of you will find those books and little journals uh, helpful, right? Because uh, mainly I, I made them for myself. I, I got stuff all over the place. I, I was using an app and then the app crashes or I have to get a new phone or there's an upgrade and lo and behold, I can't get the upgrade for my phone and I lose information. Uh, here it is on little books that I can put on my bookshelf and uh, be able to flip through and see things. So, so I have that. So I have one more that I'm working on. It's going to be My Pottery Glaze. And it's going to be a book of glaze test worksheets so that you can record your testings and the results from those. Um, I'm still working on how to do that. So I'm going to have different things like the line blend and the uh, uh, the blend of, of three triaxle, would you call that? I'm not sure what that would that blend is called but um, I'm gonna try to have um, pages for that in there so a bunch of different things uh, I'm still working on so this is journals these are journals uh, made by a potter me uh, who four other potters right so it's not somebody who's unrelated to the field um, making journals for people in the field um, so that's why I feel these are a little bit specialized um, because these are things that I've been doing for the last two years. And I was like, well, I make out my own journal this way and maybe other people would like to also. So it's heavily influenced by uh, Viktor Frankl. There's a section in there, a question. If I was living yesterday a second time, what would I have done? And so you can fill in that line, things you got to enjoy, and also, um, if I live to be 86, I have blank days left in my enjoying life. So there's also that idea of um, doing things and having goals with the end in mind, right? How do you want to tell your story, and what do you want people to say about you? So another thing that's been going on, Besides that, and I'll put the journals, the, the links to those from Amazon in the show notes. So the other thing that's been going on is the big kiln, right? So I need to take apart that wood kiln, and I went over there yesterday, Sunday, and I spent probably about six hours over there, and I got the firebox all packed up and it was a pretty large firebox all packed up it was i think 23 bricks high it was a pretty tall firebox um they made it so you didn't have to bend over to pitch wood in and uh so that made it nice um so i have all that deconstructed 
and placed on pallets. So I got three pallets of brick. So I need to go back over there um, today, which would be Monday, and um, spend another eight hours and try to get that done. Um, the next section that I want to do on the kiln is the wear chamber, and then the chimney has a 20-foot stack to it. So there's a lot of brick in there, and I'm going to have to climb on the roof. And I'm not good with heights. So I'm kind of hoping things run kind of smooth. And on the wear chamber, they had a brick ceiling made from tatami brick. And tatami brick um, are cone-shaped bricks that you can either throw or put form them from a mold and then you fire them out and then you place them and form a ceiling or a dome and you pack the uh, refractory clay in between high temp uh, refractory clay and then it creates the ceiling for your firebox and I never seen tatami bricks before so I got de deconstructing and uh, the owner came out and was talking to me and said they still had the forms and the molds and uh, I could have access to them if I wished to make my own. So I have two pails of tatami clay mixed up to make this type of brick and it's really interesting. Um, if you search online, there's not too many people that use it or even talk about it, right? But it's a really interesting process. And uh, I have pictures posted on my Facebook page if you'd like to see the tatami brick form, right? So uh, you can go there and take a look at that. So yeah, I spent a hot day out in the sun. It was a labor of love. And I'm packing up the wood kiln Anna to move her over here. And it's going to be a big task, for better or for worse. So, what I've been doing also, uh, I read a great book. It was called 4,000 Weeks. And I'm going to post the link to that and also to the author. I just finished it, but I can't remember the name. And I'm going to post the link to Amazon for that book because it's a great book. And I talked about the idea of time and how we're pressed for time and how to manage that better should we care or not and friends I have a hard time with that um, mainly I procrastinate I do all kinds of things and then I beat myself up over it right but in this book uh, it was very enlightening and it talked about how maybe we shouldn't worry so much about it and actually appreciate the time we're presented with without anxiety like observe the here and now and i'm trying to do that more and not worry about if i'm meeting some goals 100 percent, right like we should still try strive to do things but before i'd be beating myself up every day and maybe my goals were a little bit too ambitious right so write in your goals and um, try to do better and not go so hard on yourself, right? So that was the idea 
of that book. Well, today um, we are going to go down um, next to the creek and we're going to talk about time and the anxiety and also maybe a few things from that book and we'll see what happens with that. Uh, I had a lot of great ideas about how I was going to present this and so we'll take a stab at it. I got pots I need to throw but I also need to clean the studio so we won't go to the studio today. Today we'll go and sit by the cool Tuscarora Creek and we'll talk about time management a little bit. All right, I'll meet you down there. Welcome back, friends. Find a nice rock to sit on here by the creek. Get your warm coffee. There's always plenty of room next to the Tuscarora Creek. So, so anyways, I just wanted to say thanks to all the listeners who listen in to the Pintool podcast. Uh, I just passed 3,000 downloads, and I didn't think anybody would listen to this. I, I make this podcast for a few people uh, who do listen. Um, three people that I know, but I really appreciate everybody else out there. So if you enjoy the podcast, feel free to let me know, shoot me an email, say hello on Facebook or any of the social medias. And uh, if you have any questions about anything, I don't know, maybe I can take a stab at answering something. But um, I, I just appreciate it, and I enjoy um, making the podcast and talking about business and pottery and ceramics and art art and philosophy and all kinds of things so you never know what you're going to get well today's topic is about time saving and that book i went and looked the author of the book four thousand weeks is oliver berkman and i will post a link in the show notes like i said but man that was a great book and I sat and read that through some of the hot days and on break at the paper factory as the big paper machines were roaring, right? Um, in the break room. And it was, it was an amazing book. So in that book, it, it went over time and the idea of time. And I don't know about any of you, but I have always journaled. And uh, for the last two years, I went to a format based off from the idea of Donald Miller and the way he had his journal set up he would list three tasks well sometimes I wouldn't even get the three tasks done right because his idea was well if you list three tasks important tasks and you get those three done the others are secondary tasks because you shouldn't overwhelm yourself which is true so the Donald Miller uh, business coach and um, he's a head of story brand and uh, business made simple um, was heavily influenced by Stephen Covey seven habits of highly effective people and there also he talks about being proactive scheduling a few tasks and getting things done 
and finding out what's actually important to do and what's urgent to do and find out if you're always putting out fires, right? <laughs> so for me, I always felt like I was putting out fires because every time I got to the part was part where um, I thought about, you know, did I meet my goals or not? I was always beating myself up because there'd always be something. And I always asked myself, am I scheduling my tasks in a productive way? And I was always worried about that. Well, after reading the book 4,000 Weeks, I just said, forget about all that. I'm going to like concentrate more on what I think is important to do at the time and try to concentrate on those tasks when I do them. And that's been really helpful. So if I'm taking a break, I'm absorbing. And I quit beating myself up for taking breaks. And in that time, I found out that it makes me a more well-rounded person because I got to read books like 4,000 Weeks. And I think so far this year, I've read six books. And I love books, friends. Like, if if I wasn't in the pottery, I, I would be a librarian, right? Because I'd be stacking books someplace. But um, I have a pretty decent library. And uh, in my previous episodes, I, I talked about how I've been hanging out with Orthodox Judaism uh, because they're very scholarly and um, love history and all kinds of stuff. And every time I go to their um, book studies or attend their uh, religious uh, services... I come away with three or four more book references to read and um, different ways to think about the literature and history and all kinds of stuff. And, it, and, it's, and it's really amazing. But anyways, thinking about not beating yourself up and letting yourself develop and absorb the things that are around you because that's who you are and that's where you gather the the gas or the fuel for when you start and that in turn inspires you. So you got to start. I always thought you needed to start first to be inspired uh, because it, it just doesn't happen. You can sit and waste time waiting to be inspired, waiting for the muse. Don't wait, right? Uh, life is far too short to wait. If you're thinking about doing something and if in your mind, um, uh, Oliver Berkman talks about this in the book. If in your mind you're prompted to do something, uh, by all means, uh, try doing that. If it's a good thing, right? <laughs> like if you're saying, hey, um, I need to like call my neighbor. I haven't called my neighbor in a long time. I haven't called my friend and said hi in a long time, right? Go do that. Because so many times when we don't do that, we wish we had later, right? Because we never know. And... The idea of the book, 4,000 Weeks, was that we all get roughly maybe 4,000 weeks if we live to the average age. And those 4,000 weeks can be short, if you think about it in a short way. Like, I only have 4,000 weeks, so I need to plan every single moment. Or, boy, that's a lot of weeks, you can think. And I have a lot of time. But you may not, right? Because we all don't know if we have 4,000 weeks or not. We're not owed it, 
nobody owes me tomorrow. Nobody owes me the next second. I could fall right over right now, right? I could fall right in a creek. And uh, you, you'd find me under the bridge. Under the Tuscarora Creek Bridge. But I'm just saying that, like, a lot of times we may think that things that are not important are important. And we may block out time. You know, time blocking is huge. People feel that they're very efficient. And they feel that they're staying on top of things by filling in things and completing tasks. When you check those three tasks off or four tasks that you got done, you're like, oh, I had a good day. I'm keeping up with things. But then you end up filling that extra time with more things. So we actually never clear everything off our our chart, our to-do list. We never clear the to-do list because we're always putting more things on, even if we are saving time. And then when we feel like we need to be productive, we're worried about if we're being productive or not and have an anxiety about how we're spending our free time. So much so that we don't even enjoy our free time. So what about this? What if I just said, oh, I'm going to come down and I'm going to sit by the creek, the cold Tusker <laughs> Creek, for three hours today and just not care? People would be like, ah, why are you wasting your time down by the creek? You could have made three, three wearboards of pots up there. And I'd be like, well, you know, I'd be like, nah, nah, you're wasting time. You just wasted three hours of your 4,000 weeks sitting down by the creek. But you, you never know what you'd get from that. Um, in the book, there's a section on observing and forcing yourself to actually take the time and to slow down and train yourself to not do things and to be still. So in the book, uh, Oliver Berkman, he used the, the idea of Shabbat or the Sabbath, where in Judaism there are laws that force you. Because in, in our minds, he says, uh, we're trained to always be productive and efficient and always use every moment that we can in doing things and we beat ourselves up when we don't and that we actually need to be forced to slow down and do nothing at times to be able to observe and be grateful for what we're given and what we had so when did that happen um, not only does Judaism force people through their law code to slow down and stop. So, so that's why they have all the rules, right? Because people get bored. They feel like they need to be doing something. That's why you grab your phone if you're bored for less than three seconds, right? And you start thumbing through and scrolling through, uh, Twitter and Instagram but in Shabbat and Judaism on the Sabbath there are rules that force them to stop and if, if they're observant um, take the day of rest to do nothing and um, another time we were forced to do that was during COVID and, and that's where a lot of people realized oh wow you know I have a family or 
they realized things about their lives that they never thought about before because they're always so busy and they're always trained to work and they're always trained to use their time efficiently and they're always trying to get caught up all the time. Now, for some people, the experience wasn't all that good. Um, if you had a terrible home life or if you were living with a partner that wasn't all that kind, then you were stuck with them and there was no way to get out. And for sure, a lot of abuse would have happened. But in that time, there was a lot of self-reflection and we found out that we didn't need to sit in traffic for an hour to get to the office to make it appear that we're working hard. We could do all that at home, right? And so that big change was amazing. And we realized that taking time for ourselves and not beating ourselves up about it ends up being healthier for our well-being, for sure. And I know that since I've quit worrying about it and quit beating myself up. Now, see, I need to go early tomorrow and get that kiln done. Um, that's a task that I need to do simply before winter. But I'm not, I'm not going to beat myself up to get over there. Uh, I'm going to be okay being a little bit late. Like, it's for me. There's nobody else involved. Nobody else is dependent on me to do this. Um, so I'm going to go over and actually enjoy the task. That sounds silly, stacking bricks. But this kiln, friends, when I got into the job, I, I thought I was going to be miserable. It was going to be hot. I had, I had like 3,000, I still have probably 2,500 bricks to stack <laughs> in deconstructing this kiln. But when I got over there, I was looking at it and just enjoying the moment and being there. And I realized this kiln is a work of art in itself. And I think that had I not been aware of the moment and just worried about being miserable how hot it was and getting bug bites and things like that and if there were spiders in the firebox right um i wouldn't have even cared to think about how the kiln was built and constructed and who built it and what a good job they did right and i wouldn't have never even learned about the the tatami bricks that were stuck in the kiln roof uh, to create the dome of the firebox um I wouldn't even ask how they were formed and the owners would have never showed me the molds. That's the first time I seen tatami bricks and um, they're a work of art. There was so much that you could do with a tatami brick um, in decoration and things to build a dome for your kiln. Uh, it's just amazing and I'm sure, I'm sure in the past it was done. Uh, I just need to do more research on those. But anyways... Um, I was observing the moment, and also I had um, some music on, and I was listening to some nice music, and just enjoying it. And before I knew it, I had the whole thing de deconstructed, and I kind of got lost in the process. Kind of like you would throwing pots on your wheel or hand building. Like you get lost in the process, and all of a sudden you look up, and you have a wearboard done, you know. And I had three pallets of bricks stacked. And I felt pretty good about that. And I learned a lot. And I learned a lot about myself, about the previous owners of the kiln, 
and about kiln building in general and about the art and craft of clay. So, so that was an amazing time where I didn't focus on my sufferings. I focused on the situation I was in and worked through it. I've done that also um, quite a bit at the, at the paper factory. And friends, at the paper factory, things don't always go smooth. <laughs> and all the things and all the machines and all the robots and all the programming doesn't always work together. And all the automation doesn't always work together. And we were having a real bad day the last day on. And um, I tried to live in the moment and do each task as I seen it, as needed to be done. And um, I had a healthier attitude about the work, even though it wasn't fun work. Um, I was able to power through and feel a lot better at the end of the day than if I would have just been complaining about the situation and um, not having a healthier attitude towards what was happening around me. And, and that's one of the things that Viktor Frankl talked about in his book, Man's Search for Meaning, that you can always control your attitude towards the things that are happening around you and to you. Um, that's your freedom that you have. They can take everything else away but they can't take away your choice on how you feel about it and how you approach it. So, that's what I kind of learned from that book, and it was a great book. And I would suggest uh, going and reading that book because I'm sure it would be beneficial to you and your artwork. So, another way that... I tried to get over this whole anxiety about how I spent my time was to stop worrying so much about spending more time in the pots and include the pots in with everything else that I was doing. Um, so in his book, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, Stephen Covey has you write all the roles that you play. And I got thinking about what roles I play and pottery was just one of the many things that are in my life. And when I was doing pots, I would neglect every other part of my life and then all of a sudden try to make up for it um, begrudgingly sometimes. Like, oh, I got to spend time with my wife. I can't make pots. Or, oh, I got to do this. I can't make pots. Or, uh, oh, I got to go see mom. I can't make pots. And I would feel bad about that. And there were times when I would be taking my wife out on a date to dinner and I would not be enjoying myself because I would have anxiety about how I was spending my time because I wasn't able to spend my time making pots. And maybe I couldn't get that order out or all types of things. And so finally, I was just like, well, I need to approach this whole thing better. And I need to make sure that all the accounts in every area are tended to. And so each week I try to go through and even out the accounts and spend time with the people that I care about and spend time in the roles that I'm in and the roles that I play in my life, in my community. And that's been very helpful. 
because now I don't see pottery as being my total life. Um, it's a part of my life. And so I make time to read, and I make time to draw, and I make time to journal. I make time to sit by the creek. And I make time to do the podcast. And I make time to do all the different things that I do um, and chart it out and be sure that I hit all the areas rather than having one area dominate while the rest of my life goes to heck, you know, <laughs> because that's the way it felt like before. And it was a lot of anxiety. So that was a big uh, breakthrough I had in my thinking. Well, friends, uh, that was a great conversation, and I hope you enjoyed it. And I need to go and make a, make a coffee, and then I need to look at some ideas that I need to design forms for my fall show. Then I need to go to bed and get up early to milk the cows. Not milk cows. I say milk cows because they come off the farm, but you get up early. Uh, and drive an hour away and deconstruct the wood kiln Anna and I'll be working on the uh, the firing uh, the wear the wear uh, chamber uh, tomorrow and pulling down the arch so uh, I have the form I'm not sure if I'm gonna lift the form up in it and take down the arch or uh, gently take the brick out uh, without it falling, if, if I can do that. I was able to do that today uh, with a tatami brick, uh, which went pretty well. Um, so I'll just see how it goes, right? And uh, pl kind of play it by ear. All right, friends. So until next time, uh, have a great day and happy potting.